Hi, welcome back to Cheese and Crackers. I'm Krista. And I'm Bria. And on the last episode, we concluded with Bria sharing what it was like to work in our family business and how she was fired by her father from that family business and then how she took and channeled some of her energy into creating and expanding and growing her own company. And I want to kind of circle back to that because the day before she was fired, I had sent a text message because things were getting more frustrating and just harder to live at home. I'm going to read the text message that I sent to him. It said, you seriously need to get your shit together. You had Brie upset last night, Amelia today. I'm tired of phone calls and texts because of your behavior. If you're stressed, hate life, hate us, etc., then either get some help or take a break from us. Go somewhere. Give Shreya her 30 days notice file for divorce, whatever is going to make you happy, but us three girls are tired of the way you're acting and treating us. We've all tried to tell you nicely and be supportive, but you are absolutely miserable and have major anger. It is not normal and you are at your worst. I've never seen you this out of control for so long. I am not trying to upset you more, but you seriously need to do some reflecting for our family's sake. And if you don't care, at least remove yourself. You're in a toxic state right now, whether you want to admit it or not. So I sent that message in the morning and didn't hear anything back all day. And it was later that day that then Bria was fired. As she said in the last podcast, she came home and gathered her things and went to grandma's house so she could kind of get out of Dodge. That night, I kept waiting for him to bring something up about the text message and he didn't at all. It was actually the following day at 11 o'clock in the morning because he knew my lunch was around that time. He sent a text message that said, I've put a lot of thought into your message you sent. I agree it's time to move on. I've been thinking about a fair way to divide everything. If you would please do the same. I do not want to fight. Just want both of us to come to an agreement amicably. If you want to get attorneys involved, let me know and I will call today. So then on my lunch, I text back, I think that would be in the best interest for all of us. I honestly don't want to fight. I just went out. I do have some questions about finances, so if we can sit down and talk respectfully, I would encourage that. But please understand, and I want to be clear, I'm done with the yelling, anger, put-downs, and threats. Let me know when we can meet and go over things. And then he texts back, I've started my list. Any time is fine with me. The sooner the better. Do you want attorneys involved? And I just said I had to go and I'd think about it and talk to him later. That night when I came home from work and he came home from our business, he came in and sat down at the kitchen table and he had a list of things that he decided that he wanted and what he could give me and what he'd take and how we could split or divide things, which it, it wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't the worst either. He listened to me, but he really didn't listen to me. It wasn't like there was any negotiating. It was more like, well, I'll take the business and then you can have the house. Because I did say that I wanted the house because that was the one thing that the girls wanted things to remain the same. It was their childhood home. They'd always lived here. I did say that the girls and I wanted to keep the house. We wrote everything down on a piece of paper put a date at the top and we signed it at the bottom and he signed his name and dated it and I signed my name and dated it and I 
said, okay, now what do you want to do? And he says, well, how are we going to get two copies? And I said, well, I'll go take it to the copier and make a copy because we have a copier at home. And I said, or you can take a picture. Before I could even do that, he says, well, what about the bottom? There's still room on the bottom. And I said, room for what? And he's like, well, you could add something. And I said, well, I'm not going to. But, but the whole thing was just bizarre. So I said, well, if you're worried about me adding something, here's what I can do. So I picked up the pen and I put big X's all the way across the bottom so nothing else could be added or changed in our little agreement. The next day, he was going to call the attorney. And at lunchtime, my good friend and work colleague, we normally go and grab something to drink at lunch and then come back. While we were on our way, I had my phone on speaker and called him and I just asked if he had made the phone call and he said no I'm not and I said you're not what he says I'm not doing it and I said you're not calling the attorney or you're not going through with the divorce he says I'm not doing either and he was real short tempered like that I said what do you mean you're not he says I'm not I'm not doing it I'm not going through with it and I said okay well then I am I'm going to call an attorney and hung up went back to work. That evening when I came home, he asked me. He had just gotten out of bed, took a shower, came out, and he said, well, did you call your attorney? And I said, yes. I called and scheduled an appointment. At that point, he kind of became a little more aggressive or upset. And unbeknownst to me, Amelia was in her room listening. And so she came out of her room and hit record on her phone and recorded an audio conversation of what he was saying to me when he found out I went ahead and called the attorney. Before we talk about this audio or play it, I think I just want to ask listeners to pay attention to all the different things going on in it because when you're dealing with a narcissist and they're losing control of a situation or things aren't going the way they want, there are several things that come into play. There was deflection, there was gaslighting, name calling. Belittling. Yeah, just, just the whole nine yards and it didn't matter if I spoke back, if I just tried to be quiet and let things go. But it kind of shows you, I think, where his mind was at and how frustrated I was with the whole situation. I also think it's important to note that at the time, Amelia and I knew that my mom was following through with this because we had a family meeting at school and we decided what attorney we wanted her to use and what we thought the best option was. And we kind of had the conversation where we're all in, nobody's backing out, we're all in it together, we need to stick together because from here on out it's going to get worse. And I think before we talk about how I had you girls come out to school so we could have our family meeting, I think we need to tell the listeners why. Because you and Amelia both were really struggling. And and it was the first time that both of you were on the same page. And within that week, you both had come to me and said that you wanted to kill yourself, that you didn't want to live this way. Yeah, it was basically our first cry for help um, for either of us really ever. And so when we told our mom that, she listened to us and she took the next step and was like, look, girls, I've been working on a plan. Here's what I've been doing. You two haven't even known about this. But in the meantime, I've been working 
behind the scenes on gathering resources and the next step and the next move to actually execute and get us all out of the situation. And I think to people in the situation or that have already gone through the situation, they'll understand when you get to the point that you know things are going to get worse. So you almost have to make a plan or you know what's coming and you don't see any way for it to get better. Then once you kind of wrap your head around that, it gets easier. So I checked out of the marriage long before the girls had realized it, I think. For me, it was just, okay, now they're telling me they want out. They don't want to live like this. They're to the point where they want to harm themselves. I was worried about him harming them, him harming me. It was time to make the move. So I already knew if he didn't call the attorney, I was going to. It was to the point where it was all about protecting the girls. And doing it in the safest way possible for all of us. We'll play the audio and then we'll come back and discuss. I'd like to do it as cheap as possible and as fair as possible. Well, and you're not going to do it when you have two you're, attorneys because their job if is to represent me. If you were emotionally me, stable and could do it, it oh, don't it'd be different. But you're I'm all stable. I'm just pissed. Look at you. I'm just pissed because you're being an idiot. See, there's the name calling. Well, I don't care. That's what you are. You don't think you'll be. You just don't care about fucking money you don't have. It's stupid. When you get both people get attorneys. They look out for that person. You get one attorney, you say, we want it right down the middle. This is what we've agreed to. We split it. They go into, and it can be pretty simple, amicable, whatever the word is. And it's easy. And it should be done quicker. But you want to fucking fight and drag it out, then I guess I'll be here however long it takes. I want to know how you get, by me calling an attorney, I want to drag it out. Or not make it simple. It's we common, can still agree to the terms, and you sense. have an attorney, and I have it's an attorney, and sense. we just do we, it. Just, no. Okay, so because that's you. Because you don't understand. No, you don't understand. Attorney's going to go in, and they're going to say, well, let's look at all your assets. Let's look at all your Oh, well, you should be getting, you should try to get this, or and then my attorney's going to okay. say, I'm going to try to get I this. Okay, if I tell my attorney that we're going with this paper that we signed, and your attorney, you tell your attorney that, what's the big deal? Try it. Let's try it. Let's try it, because I know, I know what will happen. I've been through this before. Really? When have you been divorced? No, I know people that's went through it. And I, and I, why don't you talk to people? Talk to, talk to anybody that's got divorced. Talk to Sutton. Talk to Chad Rich. Talk to some of them people. See how fucking smooth it's went. I mean, Chris and Tanya weren't married very fucking long. You think that was an easy divorce? Well, I don't think divorce is ever easy. Well, it can be if you fucking agree to shit. If you, if you didn't say, I want the house and I want this or whatever, you know, they fought over that for a while. I mean, because here's the deal. Well, the more, here's the thing. The more I'm, not gonna change, I'm not going to change what's on that paper. I don't want any more than that. I don't need any less than that. I was fine with that. If you're fine with that, then it shouldn't be an issue. That's true. But there you go. But the problem is, you don't get it. You just don't get it. It's a lot easier to persuade one person than it is two. When you walk in there and say, this is what we want, we've agreed to it, it's, there's nothing that's really, even trying to salvage here, he's got his things, I got mine, how quick can we get this done? Well, it's 90 days for the waiting period, maybe on the 91st day you sign your divorce, 
in your divorce decree or whatever you agree to, and it's done. Well, I'll tell you what. It, can, it should be quick I'll as well. I'll call and see what's this. I mean, if, if she's That's representing me and he, she's not going to let me pull something on you and you pull something on me. Fuck, we can probably, I mean, there's probably ways of doing it online. Online divorce? Yeah. I mean, all you're doing is splitting your assets, and if you have, you don't fight over what you're splitting, then they're just going to fucking grant you the terms if you put in there what what I want, what she wants, send it in to them, they look it over. I mean, you could do it pretty cheap. They're not. Maybe it's just, and you're not going to find out. No, I'm not. Self-medicating is well, not the answer because that's not working for you well, very well. That's fine. But the problem is I don't have, a, have two fucking shits about caring about a divorce. I think in the end, you'll be happy and I will too. Me too. But if you want to get nasty, you want to be a fucking caddy bitch, then you fucking game on and let's get it on. That sounds like a threat. No, I'm fucking telling you. We'll fucking, we'll go, we'll spend all of our fucking money. Where you're living back at Bonnie's and I'm living in a fucking shack. But if that's what you want to do, and you want to listen to your fucking bitch-ass friends out there, because this morning it's all changed. You and, changed it, Mike. You no, know, you changed I it. called you. No, yeah. I called you at lunchtime. And I said, I had you called me attorney. And calling you today. said, you weren't going through with it. Well, well so I am. Here's the deal. You're not calling the shots. No shit, dumb fuck. Well, then there you go. There's nothing else to talk about. But I'm just, uh, when you told me I was moving, you know, when I had to move Sharira, I don't have to leave this fucking house until, and here's the deal. So what may happen is you got 90 days to change your mind, or I got my 90 days to change my mind. You go through with it and we drag it out. I might be here a year from now. Guess you'll, I guess. So. You do what you have to well, do. Well, I will. Because you're not fucking, you can't and keep I'll me on the And I'll do what I have to do. But I'm just saying if it's fucking, you want to drag it out, you want to make it simple, we can do it simple. You want to make it fucking scattered and. and well, here's the thing. Then we'll do it. You're not going to live here and you? threaten us. I ain't threatening you. You have been. Well. And act the way you've been well, acting. If you straighten up. You're not my fucking mom. Well, and you can't go around and you acting can't go any either. way. You can't go and around can't acting either. any way you want threatening to shoot up people and kill people and call people names and be verbally abusive, mentally abusive. You are the same fucking way. Really? Yeah. Who's you think talking call? about my fucking beard and stuff Who's all the time and tell me to shave it looks like pubic hair looks like honest? Who names tonight? That's right, I have. Exactly. So you're That's not innocent. You're not innocent of being fucking abusive too, but you keep your catty ass. And look at it that way that you're doing your Mrs. Right and you're not doing a fucking thing wrong. I didn't say I was, well, but at least you're I just tried... a fucking abusive in a different fucking way. Oh, okay, whatever. I oh, tried, I've been trying yeah. to fix oh, it. What yeah. have you tried? You ain't tried to fix shit. I, you can't help somebody that doesn't want well, help, and that's you. Can't you. Try to fix shit. you don't want help. Well, I just know it's it. not that I might not want help, it's just I don't want to talk to you about it. You don't want to talk to anybody about no. it. Have you talked to anybody else about it? Have you went to get help? No. So? You tried this shit a long time ago when after my my dad died with me. Yeah, because you I went talk, I went, I went and talked to somebody. You know what the fucking house. counselor said? Because I told you and it pissed you off. Yeah, but I don't I see anything wrong. That, I don't so see I anything don't. wrong with you. He said I'd yeah, like to talk okay. to your, your girlfriend. Well, let's try that again and see what the oh, counselor said. Let's go. Okay. I also don't know what you told him. What? I also don't know what you told him. I have no idea. I have no 
But all I'm saying is, if you think you're going to live here, then you're going to have to act Kristen, and be cordial. You don't understand what the you person can't go around tonight. Do. You can't go around tonight calling me names and and being like that. No. We're not putting up with it. Either be cordial or don't I talk will. to you us. Don't be a bitch. Well, then don't tell me that I shouldn't hire an attorney. Well, That's my choice. Well, I'm saying if you want to do it civil and you want to get through the fucker and you want to get through the quick, Mike, don't drag I it out. I can do it civil either way. No, I'm not. I just think it's stupid. I don't want to spend well, a bunch of money. That's your opinion. I don't want to spend a bunch of money. That's your opinion. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, you don't Why want to spend, spend a bunch of money. If you go through and do that with the, and I don't go and talk to them, then this whole fucking thing, everything's getting flipped upside down. I'm selling every fucking thing. That's enough. You can't sell the everything. The fuck I can't. No. Yes, I can. Both names are on it. It My attorney every... and your attorney will have to agree on it. Here's that's the deal. The part Iowa law states to no fault. It's a 50-50 thing. How do you get 50-50 out of this? How do I you get buy you out. If I accept it, your offer. If I don't, I say sell it for the, on the market for the high. If we can get 279 out of this fucker, which I don't think you can, then sell it for 279 and we split the money down the middle and you go your way and I go mine. The house is sold. You don't own the house, neither do I. If that's what we agree on. Well, that's right. And that's what I'm trying to tell but you. But it won't be. It'll be what our lawyers agree that's on. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If you do that that's route. That's what I'm telling you. I'll fucking blow, I'll blow it up and I'll do. I'll spend as much money as we need to fucking spend. Well, if you want, if you want to go that, that route and go $20,000 for you. something fucking stupid. I guess that's on you. If you want to go spend $20,000 for an I attorney. I want out. Well, no shit. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the well, material things. I want out. I don't out. care about I that. That's fine. Not. I don't want to see you gritting your well, teeth at me fine. and getting mad. That's fine. I we just got, want out. We, we have and I don't care out. what it costs me. We figured that out. See, that's how smart you are because you're a good money manager. You'd step over a fucking dollar to pick up a dime. The good thing is I don't have much equity in the business. There's more equity in this house than there is in that business. So you want to go? Let's go. You want to spend money stupid? I'll spend your money stupid. Because in the end, it doesn't really matter to me. That's the problem. Nothing matters to you. It's your way or the highway. No, I know. It's not my way or the highway. I never said that. Oh, you're getting mad because I'm not going along with what no, you want no, to go along I with. I'm going to attorney Monday. And I will just Well, I told you that today. Well, see, because you're a student. You said, you said, are you going to get your own attorney? And I said, yes. Okay. I told you on the phone and I sent you that in the text. Well, I, no, that's not what I said. You said you could call attorney. I said, go ahead and call one. That's what I told you to do. And I did. Okay, but so you, you didn't set it up. You and I were both going to go. No. Because you said you weren't going to go through with it. And I am. All right, that's fine. I'll call Monday and get my own attorney, and then we'll just, so everything's up in the air. Okay. So as far as every business and stuff, I'll tell Alex, he's probably in here. Probably gonna get stolen or gonna get up. I can definitely see that now, so. It's going to be nice to live here.
number is, but I'm, I'm going to guess that it's that high. Because it's going to be Somebody the other day, I don't remember who the hell it was now. We was talking about something about, I think it was somebody in the school, maybe, I don't know. Talking about a happy marriage. He said, is, is there such a thing as a happy marriage? I said, well, I guess you got a point. But I guess I never really thought about it. I think you can tell by the fact where he says, that no marriage is a happy marriage. We were kind of on different pages. I know when I was married, I wanted it to be forever. I wanted it to be one and done. And I was willing to put the work in. By the end, I'll be honest, I wasn't willing to put the work in because at that point, the way I'd been traded and the way things had went down, I'd checked out. I can honestly say, I don't think he has ever been happy and if you're not happy with yourself, how can you be happy with your marriage or with someone else or whether it be your daughters or whatnot? Because everything starts within. If there was the threats, you know, I'm going to flip it upside down. I'm going to bankrupt you. You'll be living back at your mom's. It, it was just all over the place. And he'll be happier to get a divorce. But then obviously you could tell by the tone and what he was saying, he wasn't happy. And I think that goes back to the fact that it was changing constantly and he he didn't know what made him happy because i don't think anything himself. ever i don't think anything ever made him happy and kind of what we talked about in the first episode even the material things were short-term happiness yeah there was nothing that was long-term happiness or whether internal was, yeah whether it was us or if we went on family vacation or if he bought something new and never actually satisfied him he was just always negative I'd also point out that he was always a glass half empty or glass empty type person where the rest of us were glass half full type of people we are optimistic and he was very pessimistic I think what he also didn't realize that my mom was serious this time because in the past you know there had always been threats of oh we're gonna get divorced and you and your sister are gonna have to bounce between houses and stuff like we always heard that growing up but it never happened it was always empty yet again and so I think for this time he thought that that was just one of those cases or scenarios where oh you know we had this fight we threaten we're gonna get divorced and you know it'll blow over and everything will go back to normal except this time it was so out of proportion and extreme that there was no going back after both my sister and I went to my mom. I think in his mind though he didn't realize that you guys were as fed up as you were yeah. and I think he really thought he had 90 days to work on me to beat me down to convince me and to try to fix things and make it better. Mm -hmm. So I think that was part of the reason for the response and how upset he was when I actually called an attorney because he didn't think that I would follow do that or follow through. Now, there's another part that he didn't know prior to that Friday night as well. And that is, I had already done some checking into protective orders because I knew if I filed for divorce and went down this path, it was going to be a volatile situation. And he had already made threats. And anytime 
he wasn't in control or didn't have the power, things escalated quickly. So we needed to make sure that the girls and I were as safe as we could be. I went back and did some checking and found out that I could actually get a protective order just because of what had happened in the past, the threats that he was making, had made, continued to make, and his instability. He always thought and told me that it had to be like I had to call the sheriff right then. Well, you can't do anything about it now because that already happened. You know, you you have to call the sheriff. And, yeah, you basically have and, to do it right then in that moment or you're not going to have anything happen. Yeah, yeah it's going to be like a he said, she said, word against each other kind of thing. And I, and I don't know why. It was just kind of dumb on my part. But I never really second-guessed that because I knew... In order for them to arrest him, it was going to have to be in the heat of the moment. Yeah, you're going to have to have a legitimate reason. And when we had those heat of the moments, that's when the phones got broken or taken away. Or, you know, I could never, we could never really call. And we also knew we couldn't really cross that line without things getting worse. This was the chance for me to put a plan in place. I did find out that I could file for a protective order. I filed for protective order for myself and Amelia because she was a minor at the time. Bria had filed for her own protective order because she was legally an adult. I knew in order for Amelia's protective order to go through, I also needed to have DHS involved. There had been some physical abuse prior to this and this time frame with Amelia. However, I couldn't pick up the phone and call DHS. And keep in mind, I'm a teacher. I'm a mandatory reporter. It's my job to protect kids. And here I am, and I can't even protect my own kids. We will talk about this later, but some people thought I should be fired because I didn't report it. But what people don't understand is with a mandatory reporter, that is your work job, and it's my duty at my job to report it. There's nothing that said that I could be legally responsible if I didn't report it within my own house. And and those people that thought that and thought that I should be fired also didn't understand that I was under duress and I was a victim at the same time. It's kind of a whole gamut here that you have to follow along and I'm getting off topic. But the bottom line is, I didn't want to call DHS because we couldn't afford to have DHS showing up at our house to do an investigation and interview Amelia and not all of us being here or together. Because if one person would have been here when that happened and they left, he would have went off in a rage on that person. And that person would have seriously been in jeopardy. I did what I know and I have... A dear family friend that has been around forever who worked at the schools. I worked with an assistant principal at the school and me being a district employee knew these people and told them what was going on, gave them the pictures, they talked to Amelia, Amelia confirmed, verified everything and so therefore the school made the report to DHS. The nice thing was it didn't come from me directly. 
but on that Friday, the school had called DHS to get that ball rolling at the same time. Now, here's where the wheels kind of fell off. The court system is backed up and the paperwork for the protective orders did not get filed on that Friday. The problem was the court didn't know DHS was involved, so the first protective order that we put in, Bria's went through and mine and Amelia's was denied. Mine would have got served and it would have made me the target and because I'm a legal adult and I still reside at home, he would have been kicked out because of me. So, you know, that's definitely a target on my back. He would have took it out on me considering that he was already physically violent with me for other stuff that I've already talked about. And it was really putting myself in danger as well as everybody else. What was interesting was the person at the courthouse that was working with me through this actually called me at my workplace and said, the judge wants you to know you need to file another one. You need to file again, but DHS has to be involved. I explained things. They understood DHS was involved, and they said, can you come and get a new form to fill out? And actually, I was teaching, so Bria went and picked it up and brought it to me, and I signed it and got it back in. And in the meantime, you went to the sheriff's department and and asked them. them to not serve yours until ours came through so all three of them could be served at the same time. That way we were still all in it together. It didn't look like any one of us were singling him out or singling ourselves out and we were kind of protected a little bit better than what would have happened. Mine went through that he was served with mine. The papers were supposed to go through on Friday, like I said, didn't. We knew that they were coming and it'd be the first of next week. Keep in mind, this is Friday night, and you just heard this audio, and he's telling me, well, I'll flip it upside down, and I don't have to leave the house, and all this and that, and I know what's coming, but I have to act like I have no idea and just act normal. And it was the longest weekend of our lives. I would say all three of us girls. 100%. And and it was like you were being an actress because you were trying to act as normal as you can, but the whole time I'm feeling like physically ill and nauseous because I know things are about to hit the fan and there's no turning back. I have no idea what's going to happen, how he's going to react. Well, I had a pretty good idea, but I just knew it was going to be a bad situation and, and something like we'd never experienced before. We went about our weekend like normal. We were cleaning our house, you know, getting things ready, trying to go about our daily routines in the best way possible. I think I went down to the store. I gave the employee a heads up. I came back just one day to kind of grab all my things and say, look, hey, I'm probably not going to be here again. Don't let anybody know this. I will tell you a little bit more as time goes on. But right now, I just need you to know that I'm watching out for my safety, my family's safety. Here's the pictures. Here's what's going on. And I gave him the rundown. I kind of kept him in the loop because at the time, like I said, he was the only other employee. So I felt like it was my job to give him a heads up, keep him somewhat safe and us safe at the same time. And thankfully, he understood and we're still really close to this day. It was still a scary situation. 
And that's what we did Saturday. We went down to the store and I think I did some new displays. And and that's the thing. I knew I wasn't going to probably be there for a while due to the fact that distance was going to be our best bet. I also knew that we had a Christmas order that was large for a business in the town. And I had done the ordering and was wrapping all the gifts. I made sure I had them wrapped that weekend. I took them down. I left post-it notes on everything. I, I can honestly say I felt good about leaving the business the sh in the shape that I did because I didn't try to to do anything to disrupt the business. If anything, I tried to make it easier, make it easier for the employees and and even him so he could go in and find what he needed and and keep things running smoothly. So didn't think that he would just move on and walk away from us and the whole situation either. So Saturday, we kind of stayed away from the house. Sunday, we were lucky enough that he had was going on a motorcycle ride with a friend and that gave us three girls a chance to talk and figure out our plan and I could share some of my plans as to what I was doing and what I'd done and what what to expect. I was also cleaning the house and you know we alluded to in one of the last episodes about the animals and stuff and I remember that Sunday night he said well I don't understand why you're like dusting ceiling fans and doing all this tonight and in order to keep up appearances I said well because I'm tired of all the cat and dog hair and I'm doing an experiment I'm gonna clean it and see how long it takes before it's back there again because these animals are just leaving hair everywhere and and that was the best I could do but in my mind I'm thinking because we're gonna have people in our house tomorrow at some point that are gonna be seeing our house and you have no idea that that's coming. That was the chance for us to come up with a plan for Monday where I acted like I was going to open the store. I was taking Amelia to school. He had no idea that what we were actually about to do was get my grandma. My sister and I were going into hiding and we were going to a bunch of different towns. We went all over the state, visited family in different towns. School knew. I'd, yeah. I'd already talked to the school. They knew what was going on. I mean, I once once the plan was in place and once I sent them the pictures and stuff, I kept them abreast about everything that was happening and protective orders. I mean, they, they were great to work with. And it was also parent-teacher conference day that day as well. So while my sister grandma and I were out and about my mom was still at school teaching and so the staff actually put the school on lockdown he kept trying to call her he was trying to call me they wouldn't let him through I couldn't answer my phone because I already knew what was about to happen so I shut off my location he sent you a text message yeah he said to park, bring your car. park your car in the driveway I'm done with you and just a bunch of other stuff and he, he'd taken a cat to the vet yeah and we didn't even know. I mean, that was never discussed or anything. But then I got this random text about how the cat was at the vet and somebody needed to pick it up. Well, I left the cat overnight because at that point, the cat wasn't my concern. Mm -hmm. It was it was the Us. girls. Mm -hmm. That kind of is where we're going to lead off on this episode because next episode we are going to get into it a little bit more about what happened from a different perspective when... He was served the protective order, and I think you guys will really like this next episode. One of the things that we realized we haven't shared with our listeners is cheese and crackers, why we came up with the name for the podcast. 
and there's a couple reasons. I always like to make charcuterie boards where it's got cheese and meats and different things on it. And with those is there's always a choice. We kind of felt like this podcast had a lot of layers or a lot of ingredients and choices too. We could talk about wellness, we could talk about mental health, we could talk about narcissism, we could talk about divorce, we can talk about healing, just to name a few. The other reason we called it cheese and crackers is because every time my dad would have an episode or flip out, he would say, "Uh uh-oh, the cheese is sliding off my cracker. And he would say this in just random times. Like, he'd talk about, you know, having people on his hit list. And, you know, he'd be like, well, that's because my cheese slid off my cracker. And it never made sense. And he was very self-aware that he was mentally not there. And so he'd joke about it. And I'd be like, you can't go around talking about shooting people up or taking this person out or whatever. And his response would be like, yep, well, that's my cheese slid off my cracker. And, and that was, like Bria said, his justification for everything. And he thought he could just act any way he wanted. That was part of the reason for cheese and crackers, too, because we got tired of hearing about how his cheese was sliding off his cracker how he, how or how his cheese it. had slid off his cracker because we were living it and we already knew yeah. it had long slid off his cracker. It fell on the floor a long time ago. <laughs> Exactly. You know, when we were coming up for a name, you know, we didn't really want to call it when your cheese slides off your cracker, but we thought, well, if we do cheese and crackers, that'll just cover everything. That's how we ended up with the name for the podcast. On that note, we just want to say to those people that have wrote reviews about the podcast, we so appreciate it. If you haven't done so and feel strongly or are enjoying the podcast, If you write a review, it will help us expand and be able to reach more people. We still are so impressed by people reaching out to us and telling us that they're listening and that they can relate or that they've known somebody in this type of situation. Maybe they once were and now they're removed from it, but some of the things that we've said are triggers or have brought back memories. We just really feel like it's nice to connect and know that hopefully we're helping people or starting to make a difference. Yeah, it's really cool to also listen to people not only within our community but now international as well. We already know that we have reached listeners in other countries who are going through the same thing and experienced it as well. So it's really touching to know that we are having an impact on people, not only within our community, but worldwide. The other thing, too, is that it seems like there's some common themes, that it doesn't matter if it happened in your childhood or in your adult life. It seems like every person thinks that maybe what they're going through is something that they're the only one going through it, when in all reality, some people might be going through it a little bit easier, some people might have it a little bit worse, But I think the thing that we've picked up on is everybody feels like they're alone. And we want to build a community where people feel like they're not alone. And it starts with us getting our story out there and then working to build groups and support systems and help others. We will drop a new episode next Monday at 5 a.m. 
And like I said, I think you'll really like the next one because we have our first ever guest on who has a unique perspective when it comes to our situation. And you can listen to the podcast on our website, cheeseandcrackers.us. And this is a good place to listen to it if you don't have a Spotify account or an Apple Podcast account and you still want to listen to it for free. So make sure to check out our website. And then if you do want to reach out to us, our social media handles will be in the description as well as some other resources and our email. So again, thanks for listening and we will be back next week.